Welcome to the Dan and Cody Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Cody. And this is the Dan and Cody Podcast. <laughs> this is the Dan and Cody Podcast. Ah, a toy boat. Toy boat. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. This is the Dan and Cody Podcast. Red leather, red leather, yellow leather. Saddle up, partner. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Andy. Hello. Andy was uh, sat in on our podcast with Sarah. Yeah, Andy Andy Klimczak, uh sat in our podcast on episode thirty three. When I first met Andy, we I was I was at Second City in Chicago, and I met Andy Andy and Dan Lanigan in a writing class, which Dan has explained before in another episode of right. Dan and Cody podcast. So you were in that class as well. I was, and you're from I'm from Chicago. Chicago. Land. Yeah. From the land. Yeah, you just say the land because you can't actually say where you're really from if it's from a suburb. Nobody knows it. No one knows it. It's oh, just, sorry. See, I'm banging already. Yeah, yeah banging. no clanking. We're working with a new mic here. It's the no clank mic. No clank mic. Sorry. A new mic and no mic. Oh. We should call this the no mic. The no mic ah. podcast. Where are you at, Mike? Come back to us. We Come need you, back, baby. buddy. So you have, we got some big news coming up. Big Comic-Con news. Comic-Con is next week. Comic-Con's next week. You're going. I'm going with the prop store. Who are you going, going with? I am going with none other than a production company that I'm very closely associated with, uh, and Andy as well. Uh, it is Cinema Relics Productions, and we have put together an amazing fan film. It's the secret project that I that super myself, secret. Super secret. Super secret. That myself and Andy, we, uh, we wrote with Dan. Uh, and it is uh, a. It's called Fanorama. Fanorama. A Futurama fan film. Boom! Wow. Yeah. And you guys remember all those podcasts where Cody would be like, "I'm so tired. I have all this stuff going on." And then you remember when Dan came on, Dan Landigan, and he was like, "I might have some some secret special things to talk to you about today." This is it. This is it, baby. This is the day that we talk about Fanorama, a Futurama fan film by Cinema Relics Productions. This is the di- this is the big reveal. By the time this comes out, we will have released a trailer, which will be which will have gone viral worldwide. Oosh. People will be calling the Dan and Cody podcast, asking to be guests. Andy will have mm, sex with beautiful voluptuous women. And what da- really? Yes, it and happens. then and then Sweet. Go- and then go to heaven mm-hmm. for, for because they're all be virgins. That's right. That's right. Is that right. true? Well, I think that's uh, how it's it Comic Con, right? A lot of virgins. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. So we got Fanorama. We how this, did you guys put this together? We put this together in secret. In secret, of course, locked off rooms. We were in a black SUV. We had to wear masks so we couldn't actually see what we were typing. My teeth. <laughs> Dan required that I uh, sewed my mouth shut for a good week. I was very lonely. And, like, do you guys have a background, obviously, in Futurama? Like, do all three of you, like, love Futurama the same? You, Dan, and Andy? I would say there's no question that I love it way more than they do. (laughs) They pretend, but... Uh, scores in uh, Quiz Up, Futurama, show otherwise. You, you're you statistically better. Statistically, here, I love it more. Here, okay. here, here's the thing. Dan and Andy are, I mean, they are much bigger. Because right now this is Andy's brainchild. Well, right it's, now. yeah, right? Well, well, actually, probably Matt Groening and David X. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> who? Wait, who are they? Yeah, exactly. They who stole are those guys? It stole it from Cody. Yeah, sure. exactly. Well, they they are probably much bigger fans. When the when the show came out, when it was originally aired in that for those first four seasons before it was canceled, mm-hmm. I was a pretty large fan. And uh, after it was canceled, I just never got back to it. I, I'd seen I'd seen the movies, and we sure. had, we were in San Francisco. There's movies. Yeah, after it was canceled, they brought them out, and then they ended up breaking the movies into... Yeah, it was a weird... 12 episodes. I, I don't know how they did this, because we're terrible writers as it is, <laughs> but they had to write... It's true. Four movie-length versions of it. Four movie-length versions that were already set up to be four separate episodes each. Damn. And broadcast. So I can't imagine writing under those That's constraints. That's hard, Well, man. to be fair, when Andy and myself and Dan, we, we dived into the writing period of this it was one of those things where we were like well how are we going to separate this how are we going to break this up right and the original thought was well let's make this into webisodes and create kind of a series 
of what it is that we wanted to bring back. And what it ended up doing is we ended up writing a six-part series that would equate to the length of essentially an episode. Mm, But what happened was we we wrote, uh, we basically wrote out a, a script that's about, that was originally around 60 pages, 50 pages. And now with the first episode, it's probably bloated itself up to probably around 80 to 100 because the first episode, what we're, what we're releasing uh-huh. is a 20-minute uh, fan film that its intention was to be the first part of a six-part series. Right. And that, that, that will likely be released sometime in September. And once it came to fruition, what you're saying is that you were like, holy shit, we have a lot of content here that could be way more than six parts. Well... Yes, but when we'd originally written it, it wasn't as extensive as it was, and we realized that when you make a fan film, you know, we weren't we're not making any money off of this, right? Because whenever you make a fan film, and you're taking somebody else's property, you can't you really gotta tread lightly. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So for us, it was for myself and Andy and Dan, it was very much that you know, how do we make this interesting? And in a short amount of span time span where people will still be interested. So that's awesome, dude. So as I do on this podcast, I relate everything and blame my mother. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you look surprised, Andy. I didn't realize your mother was even involved with this. Oh, so I'm waiting she, to hear. She, uh, so basically when I was a kid, Simpsons came out and the first, like on the Tracy Ullman show, I remember that yep. they were like a little, uh, Trace Ullman show is a sketch comedy show, like and like drawn with with a stick in the sand. Yeah, quality. very like primitive yeah. Matt Groening characters, like Homer. Could you tell they were Matt Groening characters? Oh yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. But they're they're like the it's primitive rough. stage. It's, it's rough. very rough. Like Homer only said Bart. Like oh, wow. he just okay. walked around and was like Bart, 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 Bart. And I think like the first. They're just little snippets within... Yeah, like, like 30 seconds. Yeah, like Saturday TV Funhouse with SNL. Oh, wow. This is what it was with Tracy Ullman show. It was just okay. like cut in. And Castellaneta was on that. On the, Was he really? Yeah, he was, a, he was on the Tracy Ullman show as like a, oh, an like actor. A, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But um, so through that, that's where my mother like developed that like, this is evil. So once like they, like Simpsons got their own show... She would see that and like they were really mean to each other at the beginning. So my mom was like, "No Simpsons." So that fucked oh. up. Yeah. So like that screwed up everything because all these kids love the Simpsons, and then I couldn't watch it. And then, boom! Like Futurama comes out, and I feel like I, I missed the train because I wasn't such a a Simpsons guy because I wasn't allowed. Yeah. So like I really, when you came to me with this. With the the web series, I like didn't really know much about Futurama at all. Uh-huh. So, like, what what's the premise of Futurama? Like for 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 the average person who's like has no clue what's going on. Essentially, it's it's kind of like a spoof on sci-fi, and the uh, the vehicle for it is that it, a guy from the 20th century gets frozen, and he wakes up a thousand years into the future. Uh-huh. And that's kind of the springboard for it, and then, so so you get that kind of you know seeing things through his eyes, sure, and uh, like a new child, yeah, exactly. Basically, you know, being reborn into a world he's never experienced or seen. That's so it just beautiful. starts, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Kind of, but he doesn't swear as that much. No, uh, and he's <laughs> not like, and he's not that freaked out. Yeah, he's mostly just thrilled. <laughs> kind of like, oh my gosh, I can have a, I can, have a, I can have my own robot. That's amazing, <laughs> right? You know, I always want a robot for a friend. That's right. So he just started. He right. starts and he's just into it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they, uh, you know, they go on the, they go on adventures by uh, a lot of them are because uh, it's a delivery company. Okay. So you know that's usually how uh, how they get involved with a lot of different uh, hijinks in an episode will be that they have to go make a delivery somewhere. And how big is this universe? Is it just like planets or is it one planet in the future? No, no, is it's, it it's tons of planets. Yeah, it's basically, it's Earth 3,000 years in the future. And then they, they work for a planet delivery company. It's like FedEx for space, but it's like okay. a much 
smaller, cheaper, custom yeah, delivery it's, it's type of spaceship. It's a courier, essentially. Okay. And so, you know, they go all over the universe, uh, Chappic 9. Uh, nice. Omicronian 8. Is that what it is? Is it Omicronian, Omicronian 5? Five, five. 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 God, that was embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they, they go all over the universe in these fake places and all these different worlds. But where, where we really focus on is um, we have a delivery. Our premise of our story is uh, three. we have three real heroes here. You have Leela Bender, who's a talking robot. Leela is a cyclops. And Fry is kind of an aloof, lovable... Uh, delivery boy. He seems like a Marty McFly. What? Like I've seen a few episodes. A little bit, but he's more. He's he's not cool. He's more dumb. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. He's like yeah, blundering. He's, yeah. Blundering's a like good Marty's he's, son. He's very. He's got. He's he's got the very childish quality. He's he's always amazed by everything. So that kind of helps. As you would be uh, if you were frozen and woke up a thousand years in the future. And sure. You don't, had a thousand years of movies to watch. <laughs> he, you don't know I don't how you'd right. be. That's he's fair. You're he's right. fair. So he's your lovable. Lovable dope. Lovable dope. And then you have characters like the Professor Farnsworth, who is actually Fry's closest rel- living relative. That uh, do we know? Any, who, do we know who plays him? Yeah, uh, we do. This actor we got in, he is amazing. Can you? I, I don't want to. I mean, let's just uh, short list. Okay, Olivier. Okay, Olivier. I'm thinking uh, De Niro, De Niro, Pacino. Okay. I, I'm not. No, he's not even this. Oh, class. okay. And okay. then Frederick, Frederick. <laughs> wow. Yes. We were able to snag him. To, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that's do right. I do I actually say how you got the part? Sure. Say it. Say it. This is the true story. The idea that uh, Dan, because Dan is the director, producer, writer, star. Executive he, producer. Uh, executive producer, uh, key grip. Music. The <laughs> visual effects supervisor. At the time, he said, he's like, you know what? They're related. So we should have Cody play both Fry and Professor Farnsworth because then they're, you know, their face will come through that they're related. That and I really pushed to play it. But yeah, and he, yeah, it's cheap just to use the same guy. Sure, yeah, it is. But in the end, the the prosthetic that goes over his face, there's no Cody left. It's all. Well, that's not the, the prosthetic. The funny thing about the prosthetic. So, I played I played Fry mm-hmm. with the red hair and the and the horn, and I played uh, I played Professor Farnsworth, which was a six piece makeup. Okay, and it took about. Four to five hours to put to apply, Jeez. and I was in it for about ten hours. Mm-hmm. And Jeez, so this was a intensive, intensive. They had to take a casting of my face, and then they pour they pour that they take a mold of my face. I'm sorry, and then they'd cast my face out of it, and then they they ended up uh, they ended up building a sculpt around that to create the makeups. Right. And the interesting thing about it is. The, the the professor the final product looks like like a freaky version of my grandfather because <laughs> he looks like a freaky version of everybody's grandfather yeah but like he's got my grandfather's like upper lips and his lower chin and his jowls it was so crazy I've seen this and it looks it looks very uh, grand grandpa Simpson yeah it definitely does it looks That's like true. grandpa Simpson you're right sure. but to be fair. Well, no, he doesn't. I was going to say Farnsworth is kind of Grandpa Simpson, no. but he's not. He's not. I, can, I wanted to save money by not actually doing the prosthetics and just, we would just give surgery to Cody. Hey, why and not? Then, and then you don't, you know, four hours of makeup, it's just done. Send him to Russia, but, get a little... But Dan is all, no, poor Cody. It's yeah. a, he's a work of art. We can't destroy the Mona Lisa. We don't hurt Cody's face. Air well, and, and really what had happened, so we so we finished shooting that stuff with those four characters. Mm-hmm. And that we ended that in November, beginning of December of last year. We right. finished shooting with those characters for the most part. And then the Christmas break went by and we came back and, you know, there just needed to be more. Sure. And if you ask me why, because it needed it. And so we ended up adding several characters. And okay. in the process, we decided to bring on other characters. And luckily, our writer, actor, star of the show, An- Anthony Andrew McGillicuddy Michael Klimzak plays none well other done. than... Who do you play, Andy? 
Dr. John Zoidberg. Dr. John Zoidberg. The Zoidberg. The Zoidberg, yeah. yeah. Nice. How was that? Did you have to wear prosthetics for that? I did. I did. Because my, my own mouth tentacles aren't long enough. Ah. So they had to put this whole giant thing in my head. Well, again, you're was... talking to someone who's only seen a couple episodes, so I don't know. What? Is, is he did you like, not prepare for this? I mean, I've seen it. I've seen a few episodes. Oh, boy. But... So is when that, he told when is that the Kobe told guy? me I was going to be on this show, I researched your life in depth oh. so I would be ready for it. How I did, expected the same the same response. I'm calling bullshit because how did you not know that I lo- I talk about my my mother ruined my life and stuff? I was lying, of course. <laughs> well, here we are, mother. Well, I mean, really has a Andy Andy played Andy played Zoidberg. Me. He was. He, the, is that this, the crabby guy? That's yeah, the yeah, crabby he's guy. He's a doctor. Tentacles on his face. Go, and he's bright red. He was sculpted by Danny Wagner. Whereas, like amazing sculpt, amazing sculpt. Danny Wagner actually also helped sculpt the Professor Farnsworth makeup, and then Dave Snyder was kind of in charge of our makeup department. Uh, and then we brought Danny on to help with the Zoidberg stuff, and it's this beautiful, beautiful piece. And the head, he get claws, my feet, everything. You really don't see Andy's face. No, which is really beneficial. So you're like Darth Vader. He is. I never thought of it that way, but there's a lot of similarities. That's very Vader. And there are. You do have a James Earl quality to you. Yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. definitely see that. You couldn't see anything when he was wearing the mask, though. No, nothing. It's completely blind. How long would you have to wear it and just not be able to see shit? Honestly, I don't know how this man did this. It was it was it was rough, but uh, extended periods of time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I talked to Marshall on during the Fourth of July, uh-huh. and Marshall's like, "I don't know how Andy did it because if we had a SAG rep on stage, they would have like <laughs> been freaking out because Andy's like, i 'I'm okay, I'm okay,' and he'd sit there and you can't see his face because he's wearing this this mask." <laughs> But I'd just be like a corpse. <laughs> would. I know. I see pictures of me, and he's just exhausted because he can, <laughs> like his body is one million degrees, and we're in a stage that is you know AC. No, no AC. No AC. Oh, I did, I do have pictures of myself where they put a fan on my lap, and there's one pl- just at my mouth was an opening, so <laughs> I just get a little bit. Yeah, I was filter feeding for, oh my for hours at God. a time. And Cody was actually, everyone was very, well, I shouldn't say everyone. Most people were pretty caring about it, and they were trying to, you know, help me out. Because I couldn't see, so they Could helped, you get drinks through the sit, Yeah, they, if I had a straw, I can get a drink. And Cody would, he, he would actually try to stop me from hitting walls, which was nice. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. couldn't see anything, and there'd be moments where he'd, like, throw his claws up, and he'd go, whoop! And he'd have to walk towards a direction and he'd waddle over and nobody would tell him to stop. Dan, the director, would just let him walk into the wall. And Dan's like, we would get in like these big moments where I'd like yell at Dan and Dan would yell back at me and I'd be like, Dan, he's going to run into the wall. And Dan's like, Dan's like, I cannot see that on the screen. I cannot see that on the screen. Can we? Yeah, I want footage of this. Oh my god, we should find it because there are many times like I'm like jumping into the shot to to grab he would, it. He would. <laughs> I want to see outtakes. Do you have a gag reel? No, uh, we don't have a gag know. reel yet. We do. It, we, we will be showing uh, because of this. We're going to be presenting uh, at Comic Con. Okay. We're going to be presenting nothing but San Diego Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con 2016. Hashtag Fanorama. Fanorama. Oh, we'll be amazing. we'll be showing a lot of the pieces that are a part of that. Do you guys have a booth number? Uh, we do have a booth number. It is at it here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, we do have a booth number. Uh, but the mask that Andy wore was so crazy because he couldn't hear anything. And oh yeah, people would have to you yell. Couldn't hear anything either. Well, it, it you know closed around my head, but then there was a lot of animatronics, right? And all that, so all those motors and everything were and servos were loud. So, so we, you, your we, mouth was uh, radio controlled too. It was just well, really, you didn't see the mouth though, because they said those four tentacles oh, hanging down. Oh right, right, right. So yeah, so eyes, lip syncing up, eyes, eyebrows. 
um, tentacles. There were some weird things on my neck, like these weird breather tubes. Yeah, they look like little anuses that would just kind of like <laughs> tighten and release, tighten right. and release. Did you do uh, voiceover, or did you act, like? Is it your voice from the? I did the suit. I did do a voice in there, but you can't hear it at all. No, it's mm. so muffled. It's, right, like he did, uh, like Cody. Uh, did the voice for the professor and mm-hmm. it vanishes inside all the folds of right of, of sculpt and the the zoidberg was even worse because it had the the tentacles right in front of it nothing you wouldn't be able to understand anything yeah. i hear i heard you guys uh last minute you you couldn't find uh a good actor for this one part but you ended up settling for i think his name is uh it escapes me. It's would it be Rich Little. No, no, he, he he's just one of these like B list like nobody. Oh, I know who you're talking about. It's yeah, with an M. Yeah, we uh, uh, so Hermes is a character in the show. He does uh, limbo work. He's sure. uh, you know he's, he's from Jamaica, mm. and we really we we did an extensive extensive search yeah like a lot of casting a lot calls, of right? casting calls but nobody showed up and one day we had this guy come in and his name's marshall porter and he smelled oh, that a, guy yeah he smelled like garbage when he comes in <laughs> he looked hung over oh, he had some Jesus. throw up on his shirt and dan looked at him and he's like he's perfect really yeah yeah on a scale of one to ten as far as not workable and maybe i would work with him where where does he where does he stand? I I would go anywhere with that guy <laughs> as long as he was in makeup. Sure. Well, honestly, I was forced to work with him. We yeah. had green screen shoots with Marshall, and he would look at me and he would actually tell me how to say my lines. Oh wow! And it was what just it hell? was offensive. And I'd look at him, and I'd tell him how to say his lines, and what I gave him was much better than what he would do. And he'd, of course, take that advice. A lot of line reads. A lot of line reads. So, you know, from a 9 to 5, but, but honestly, no, Marshall was God, amazing. God Marshall bless you, Marshall. Marshall was great. He, he wore this beautiful wig. He got a nose plate. No, Marshall, to be honest, Marshall was nothing but helpful. And I have to, I have to be straight. I, I, I can't imagine anybody else playing Hermes Conrad because he. How's his Jamaican? His Jamaican is the best man, you yeah. know. A little stereotypical Whoa. Jamaican, but he did a great job, and he was, he was awesome. Uh, good energy, just a beautiful man, Marshall. Beautiful man, you, you beautiful beast. See that, and actually, that's part of the problem. When I first saw him, I got introduced to him. It's like this is Marshall, you know, you know the Marshall. Sure. And because uh, I had known he was, he's a. Uh, I think a guest twice on the Dan and Cody three now three times. I mean, the guy's just a legend. Well, he's a legend and a big thing of that is, you know, it's because he's such a star doing lifetime. Amazing. He's sort of a permanent fixture on the, on the DKP. So when I first met him, I was like, it's like, this guy's going to play Hermes. I said, no, that's not going to work. No. Because he's, he's handsome. He's He's tall and handsome. He's so gorgeous. Yeah. Like this guy can't, be just it, it, dumpy, <laughs> short, fat Jamaican. I, I, I think the tough, the lucky, luckily for Andy, Andy was wearing a mask the whole time he worked with him. Mm, I was standing true. right across from him. I'd get lost in his eyes, and I'd forget oh, yeah. what I had to say. Oh, I can see him. that. I can see that. Those hazel eyes. Those hazel eyes, and they're just like he just he'd be like the light would hit him just right, and honestly, I just fall Boom. apart. He looked a little not seeing the show, as I've said like a billion times. He he looks a little Whoopi Goldbergy, yeah. In there, yeah. Do you guys get that? Like Sister Act Two, Whoopi Goldberg? You thinking? I'm thinking more Jumpin' Jack Flash. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. Old wow. Whoopi. That's interesting. See, like, my mom won't let me see that. No, like semi fit Whoopi. Semi fit. Yeah. Semi fit. Not this. Not not Whoopi today. What's the dinosaur movie she did? Guinan. She was Guinan in Star Trek. Really? Uh, she was in Star dinosaur? Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, she was like, a bartender. Like was for, she really? What, what, like five seasons? Yeah, she was the wise bartender. I, how did this get made to the podcast where they reviewed a Whoopi movie where she was uh, she was like a, a cop in like a world where dinosaurs lived? It's like city. Ghost. Good call. Good call. I think it was Ghost. Yeah, it was Ghost. I had no idea. That might have just been an episode, a very special episode of The View. 
It could have been. Yeah. My mistake. That sounds right. It probably was episode 17 of season four of The View. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've seen all of the episodes of Futurama, right? Uh, Yes. Okay, good. We hit pause. We come back to this show four weeks later, and I've seen every episode of Futurama. What would you say is your favorite episode? I'm going to say probably season five. Oh, that's a good season. Episode four. Oh, oh my yeah, God. that was good. Loved it. That yeah. one really, it it bridged the gap. It was hilarious, oh, funny. yet heartfelt. And, yeah. you know, it was so smart. So smart. So smart. I mean, just the way they were able to... Make you laugh. Yeah. Am I right? Did you see that twist at the end coming? I didn't. With that's the a, eye. Oh, the Amazing. eye. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Mm. And then, it, it, like, the whole, you know, seasons three, four, two, one, you see the eye. It's there. You don't expect that, though. You don't expect no. it. And then, boom, it comes into play in this episode. Yeah. Boom. Of course. Right. Good answer. Whose eye are we talking about here? Don't no spoilers in case someone. Oh right. Maybe someone's. You know. What am I thinking? Sorry. Special. Yeah. Special. Special. Yeah. So, Comic Con. What can people expect at the booth? Well, what are you what are you bringing? What's, well, what's, at what's the booth, shaking? we've got uh, some potential handouts. I don't want to say what they are at this point because uh, I don't want to commit that they're available, and I don't want people to go crazy because right. we have some cool handouts. I think so gonna that keep, are going to be there. Keep, keep them on guessing. The DL, keep them guessing. There's going to be something out there. But showing up, you're going to find you're going to see some amazing stuff. You're going to see uh, the bender, the bender animatronic. You did the bender. Oh, uh, we Tell built the that. bender. The bender was made by uh, Bill Sturgeon and his team over at. Um, uh, what was it, Andy? Uh, Spectral yeah, Motion. Yeah, Spectral Motion. Spectral Spectral did Motion. It? Spectral no Motion shit. did, uh, they did a lot of the animatronics for a lot of Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's movies. Uh, he, they did a lot for Hellboy. Um, they did a lot for Pan's Labyrinth. I love so, that movie. That's that, one of my favorites. Some really beautiful work, and they did that as well on our Zoidberg head mask, too. Nice. So, and yeah. you, you've got... What's oh, what's her name? Lila. Katie Seagull's character. Yeah, we have Leela, who's played mm-hmm. by Katie Lanigan. Katie? Uh, mm-hmm. Katie Lanigan. What's up, Katie? What up, Katie Lans? Um, and, I mean, Andy can describe really Katie's whole face. Yeah, how, how did Just you guys one decide? Eye. It's one eye. One eye. And... <laughs> Okay. So that really, Next. What, the rest of it's pretty standard. Well, I mean, gorgeous. Day, day, how, how did you get to, like, I'm sure you had some, some challenges as far as, like, should we, like, just CG this bad boy? See, once wanna... again, Dan is the compassionate one. I just, I'm like, no problem. And I was ready to gouge your eye out with the number two. Paint you know, some fucking green yeah, on it. Dixon like, Ticonderoga. I was just aiming for the, the, the eye. <laughs> Dan's like, no, she might want, you know, both eyes after production. Right. As one does. Well, and, and, and so. one one of the things leading up to this project after we decided we were going to do it was Dan had these ideas that we wanted to test some things to see if we could do it. Mm-hmm. So we built the we built a miniature of the Planet Express ship, which we used in our stop motion shots of just the ship. And then the other was, how do you make a Cyclops that looks good? Right. Making a workable Cyclops. Because not just good, has to be likable and she's sexy and yeah there's make, a lot going on you with that can character make, yeah you can make a cyclop that's it's true horrible looking but she's got to be a likable character you that doesn't like, take yeah, you yeah i i would yeah you, you know? really you really ha- you right. really do and katie brings that attitude when she walks into a room okay so just throwing what the the mask on her face really she she delivered and and i mean Katie Seagull, she's a tough cookie. So she's a tough cookie, and I think for Katie, she's a sweet gal. She was able to kind of toughen herself up to be to be the Leela character, which is kind of the commanding voice of reason mm-hmm. of these two knuckleheads, Bender and Fry, who are always up to no good, getting yeah. crazy. Where Fry follows Bender into any nonsensical moment, right. and D doesn't think twice about it. And Leela is always kind of that voice of reason, and. W- with Katie, she was in makeup every day. I felt terrible for her after day four. The first three days, I didn't care. 
<laughs> but the, after day four, she, she, I mean, she was wearing this makeup appliance, which basically covered the front of her face. She had two little points in the one eye. Mm-hmm. They that had a mechanical, yeah, yeah, that she wow. could see through. They had a mechanical brow. And then the, the Dave Snyder did the final makeup, but Mark Munet did the test to get it kind of going and get sure. it working. And Mark Munet's our visual effects guy. He's a, he's one of our lead producers on the show. He and loves being called a mad scientist. Cause now. he loves being, cause he's this guy. You give him like plastic, mm-hmm. and he will build a house out of plastic. I'm talking the small. Even if amount. you don't want him to, he will. He will. Just He'll be like, you it. know, what we can do with this plastic. We're going to build a house out of it. You're like, I don't really need it. Yeah, but it'll be cool it's and happening. it's really easy. Yeah. Basically, if we want to truly make cold fusion, you you lock him in a room for a half hour and say, we need cold fusion by the end. He's going to do it, and you'll get some <laughs> peanut butter. So true. Okay. So true. <laughs> he has a tendency to always walk around with peanut butter. Loves peanut butter. Yeah. Is this your first time shooting something of this magnitude? This for Andy. I don't. I've Andy. never done anything at this level. I, I no. Neither have I. And it's interesting because like Andy was Andy was in Chicago and I was in L.A. and Dan Dan and. Like our thing, we were like, we want to do something. Let's do something. And Dan wanted to do something. And finally he chose this. And I remember Andy and I, early conversations were like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like for this to really work, well, you really need to do, do it. How the hell are we going to well, do especially it? Especially because Dan, Dan was determined from an early stage that we were going to do everything practical. Yeah, everything meaning no digital practical. effects. Yeah. Everything had to be physical effects, nothing digital. Yeah, we're building miniatures. We're not just going to have a CGI bender. I mean, and even like, like the mouth of him, you know, is yeah. is wires and stuff. It's and, just and, amazing. And I'm sure big picture, it's, it seems like, like you were saying, incredibly overwhelming. But well, I think, you just break I, it down I, like piece by piece. You know, Martin, Martin was in charge of, of effects and making sure that it looked good. I was in charge of basically operations and making sure that it happened. Right. So Dan would tell what needed, it'd go through me, and then it would go down through whom, you know whatever other producers that needed to take care of whatever job it was. But for the most part, you know, it was kind of us, and then Andy would come in, and then he'd, he'd help out with everything that was needed. And it was really a great team effort because we had – we had Adam Cook that came in, and Adam Cook's one of our producers, and he was able to kind of slow things down in, in my head and kind of think things out. And then we had Leo Garza, who was this like incredible, designer. incredible yeah. designer and model maker. Oh. And we had so many great people on yeah. this project that made so this thing a reality. Sets. We had full, full sets. We had the Planet Express lounge. We had the Planet Express ship. Planet Express building, which is at the same scale as the ship, so it's huge. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's like three feet tall. Is that, and that's coming to Comic Con. It's right? coming to Comic Con. It'll be a Comic Con. San Comic Con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one question What was it like to. I mean, I, I've, I've done some theater stuff mm-hmm. in college, and yeah. uh, not a lot of screen work or anything, but I'm interested to understand what it was like to act beside a puppet you know that's got to be sort of challenging for for you as an actor to uh you, you know, know i see a guy like fucking operating him and shit like does that take you out of it well or? to give you kind of a little background i guess on my acting experience i've primarily done theater stuff okay i've done stage stuff with improv and i've done I've done several plays when I was in Chicago and when I was much younger in Idaho, I'd done plays and I'd, my, my experience to be in front of the camera, I was okay with it. I'd I've done a lot of, I've done shorts with friends. Mm-hmm. I did some shorts with John Maloof, who's this really crazy, odd, smart guy. Andy and I Oscar both. nominated. Oscar nominated. He was. Oh, no. He did. Yeah. He won is that where your, your profile picture is from? Were you holding that Oscar? No, no, no that's, that's Martin's. Uh, Martin Munet, who's that? Who's our visual effects award. technical? He won a technical Oscar. No shit. But John was a—he's Oscar nominated for a documentary, uh, Finding Finding uh, Vivian, Vivian Meyer. Meyer. Damn. Which, uh, but he we, like I met him at Improv, and Andy met him at Improv, and we all kind of clicked, and we all these like. But I I did some stuff with him, but you know I've always been kind of a performer. That's always been the case, sure. very much like yourself. Sure. Andy's the same way. And so working with a puppet, for me, what's great is you have these puppeteers because to work Bender, you need a 
six to not eight guys yeah. working Bender. Jesus, you needed you needed guys working the rods on his arms because those were puppeteered by you know people, and then you had somebody working his back to move him in the seat because right. we'd sit on the Planet Express couch and we'd have these one on one moments. And for me, it's just listening. Right. And can you block out all those people around him uh, operating? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, I don't. I like. I'm interesting. It's weird because when you meet somebody's eye when you're acting with somebody, yeah, you kind of click lock in. You can lock in and focus on just that person, and you're hearing them. And in improv, that's a big thing that they teach you is it's very much listen to what they're saying and go with that. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's how it was. I know just because I I did not have any scenes with Bender. Mm-hmm. I mean. Outside of shooting, I spent a lot of time with the puppet. Sure, but well, just like, watching, like, like making out, or yeah, you yeah. know, just he was tense after a shoot, right? Uh, but just watching them work and being on set, you know, getting in the way and stuff like that, it was remarkable how quickly you just forgot that Bender was a puppet. It's really? true, and just was another character on the in puppeteers the scene. That's did so such cool. a great job of working eight people making one thing come alive. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, we have like some of the shots that will make it even into the trailer. Some of the lines that are made, it's 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 it was improvised. It was improvised because I just razz with the right. the vocal guy, the puppeteer, and I'd react to however Bender would react. So for me, I mean, it's not as intuitive is working with somebody that's really there sure but it certainly has its it's it's right. positives and you know it was a lot of fun i i was so stressed and strained during that shoot from the production standpoint of things yeah. it was hard for me to really fully disconnect I'm sure, I'm sure. but once you kind of got there and the cameras are rolling and everybody's quiet and it's just you there you kind of just breathe and you take in the moment and just go for it you know? yeah it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And you, you probably took on one of the toughest... Uh, you really couldn't leave Fry the character with that, that mop of hair that you had uh, running guy. around all day. Well, his Cody was running around with bright orange hair right. for several months. Yeah, his girlfriend, now, now fiancé, was just in love with the red hair, if I recall. <laughs> right. Maddie was she's, a sucker for, she's for like, gingers. Whoa. And she's 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 begging him to, you know, can you can you get the rest dyed properly? You know, I want matching. But matching drapes like, and carpets. But he's such a perfectionist. She's like, no. No. He, he did the research and that's how Fry was. Fry had some two tone action. That's what he was gonna have. Nice. Yeah, well, you know. Thanks, Madge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I had the red hair, and Andy's right. I hated every minute of it. It was terrible. Oh yeah, you'd come into the house all. I just the red up. hair is just so intense, and I, we went. I went for after we got done shooting that first week. I went to New York with Madeline mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving because we shot the week before Thanksgiving, right. and I went to New York, and we there are pictures of us like on the street, and of course I always wear for the most part I like to wear colors. Yeah, and so like me colorful. on the street, and I have like this yellow sweater on, and there I am, like smiling, holding Madeline, and I have this orange fire hair, <laughs> and it's like so intense. If it, if it were even remotely natural, oh looking, my! But it was just no. So... We were in Times Square, and somebody walks up to me. Is that your real hair color? Really? And I'm like, you're asking. A New Yorker talked to yes. you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was that It was red. a transplant. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they were clearly flown in. No, no. Sure. That, was a, that was clearly a woman. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> anyway. What, what bathroom did she use? Oh, man. We weren't that close. Both. Uh, <laughs> Both. Half and half. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. That's what you got to do. But, that's what I do. I mean, you know, the project's been really, it's been an eye-opener to understand how the process works. Do you, do you think, is it too early to tell? Will you do, are you guys going to do more of this? No, I honestly, I, I don't know. If Fox came to us and said, hey, we loved what you did, uh, it'd be great if you guys wanted to do more. But I don't think that's going to be the case. This this was su- this this was on such a bigger scale than I think Dan realized, or myself, or even Andy realized. It was even be me and Andy. Andy's always like uh, thinking. Dude. I had my calculator out twenty four seven. This is not the scale I anticipated. <laughs> I prefer sixth scale. Well done, thank you, sir. Transplant. So. If I'm sure, if we could keep going with it, we would. we'd love to finish it up. I think we'd love to finish it up because this episode, the first episode when it comes out, is a bit 
A lot of cliffhangers. A lot of cliffhangers. <laughs> Can you Char- tell the present premise of the the episode? Andy, go for it. Or, or is it secret? Or? So, no, essentially the episode is about... Uh, it's basically two twofold things that push the, the story along. One is uh, Bender and Fry run out of beer. Okay. And getting more beer is a driving force in their lives. And so they see... Uh, they they want to get more beer and there's a a jingle writing contest that if they win it they're going to win a lifetime supply of beer. There it is. So there's that, and then the other part is they've got a delivery to make, and so they go off into the ship to go make the delivery. Those are the two pretty much. Those are the big ones. That big, kind uh, of big push things, things along. Uh, and actually, strangely, when we wrote the full thing, we actually used a lot of modern day inspirations. To like write it because we actually there's actually an underlying tone like an underlying right. civil rights tone. Yeah. Huh. When we wrote this, really, and I mean it's it, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, there's always that statement of like, you know, we, we I don't know how much room or how much say we have in writing something about the civil rights, but really it's about equality. And when we wrote this. It's meant to have a much more serious underlying tone because Futurama always has. They did a lot of analogies, yeah. And they really, would try, would try to do uh, you know, and, you know, and, social commentary. Well, and, and when we wrote this, we wanted to be as true to what Futurama is as we could, and we wanted to make it funny, and we wanted to make it smart, and that was like, how, what, how can we do that, and, and how how can we create that in our modern times like what can we use in history that allows us right. to do it so. and it's it's hard to think back to when we started writing this is what two and a half years ago or so we started writing it two and a half years ago so think Jeez. back two and a half years ago this is probably completely foreign to you now but back then there was a lot of racial tension going on what and so if you impossible look at your history books you'll find this out <laughs> this was there was a lot of stuff going on so we thought this would be a cool you know, subject to kind of tackling because you have to tread lightly in some ways to sure. do it, but you want to get the message across. Well, and since since you, me, and Dan are super white, we mm. couldn't really it's tread pop, lightly. We had podcast. to we had to like stomp. You, gotta, you know, you gotta, we had to stomp over it. Sure. So, but yeah, I mean, what you're getting in this episode, which is very likely the last that we make, is you will you won't you won't you won't. You won't you won't see that because it's it's more exposition. It's more just kind of explaining. It's kind of explaining the world and what's happening, right, leading sure. them into it because it leaves you in a cliffhanger and you really get no resolution. Right. But okay. uh, it's a lot of fun in that short period of time. It is. Well, I am I'm really excited to to see it all come together and see you guys at, at Comic Con, man. Yeah, we I'm hope gonna... uh, people come out and visit. Love for you to stop by the booth. I will. I will. And you're giving. And what, what did you say you're giving away? You don't want to talk about Betamaxes. Betamaxes. We got uh, seven thousand Betamaxes. What? Buy on the boxes. Right. We got you get go, your betas. They're go. gonna be like the new the new mm-hmm. record players. It's unfortunate that we have seven thousand Betamaxes, and then we have seven thousand season one Futurama on Laserdisc. Yeah. So. Oh my bit, god. Bad planning on our part. The the big. That yeah, thing. I'm afraid so. We only used laser discs in like sixth grade. I don't. Uh, I always just was like, I don't get it. It's a shiny record. Yeah, it was more than a shiny record. Did you have a laser disc, Andy? No, but I wanted one. Why? Our schools were using them. Were they? Yeah. The it, quality at the time, the quality yeah. was that was as good as you could get. Laser disc was like the shit. They'd be like, oh, we bring out the laser disc player, and like they yeah. put on these like science. Like it was like twice the movies. resolution of VHS. So what's VHS that was res? Like four, like three twenty, three twenty. Okay. It was garbage, but at the time it was amazing. Those discs were so big, and you had, and and you had to flip them unless yeah. unless you your player could play both sides. They had readers on both top, top and yeah. bottom. Uh, Maryland uh, Columbia Public Schools probably had to flip them. That's right. Let's be honest. Wow. And so so we got Laserdisc, Betamax. Cody's going to be man in the kissing booth. Uh-huh. So that's nice. Come up to the kissing booth. I'll be manning it. Uh-huh. That's right. That'll Get your good. smooch with Cody M. Fred. That's right. But uh, but yeah, man, that's fanorama. Fanorama. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of people to, that you we have to tip our hats to because we couldn't have done any of this without them. And Dan had a vision, and you know it was nice to be able to kind of 
work together as a team and collaborate and come yeah. up with a bunch of stuff and you know take something that really existed and turn it into something that Didn't. you know yeah that's right from cartoon to reality I we gotta you gotta really give a tip of the cap to Dan because we would have given up long ago <laughs> so many of these things were like that's insurmountable even we actually had a visit on on set from uh, some of the people from Futurama. Yeah, some of the and, creators of the show. And it's amazing. And a, few, a few of them were saying, we thought about doing something like this as like a special episode and we gave up. We're like, no, this can't be done. <laughs> Things like making a Leela Cyclops that was believable and still cute and not horrifying. And how do you do a bender without making a digital bender? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's definitely things that... You've trained the trainer. Yeah. Things that were just... Well, and a lot of that, you know, Martin had a big hand in Bender. Oh, God. And Martin had a big hand in a lot of that visual stuff, and he he really went above and beyond, you know. And from a set standpoint, Leo did a great job of designing these sets Uh and and making them pop. And, and, you know, he spent countless hours making these sets look come alive. And, you know. Well, not countless. I've seen the invoices. There's actually numbers. (laughs) Oh, okay. okay, Yeah, they're countable. Yeah, very But no, I mean, that's... (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't be happier. I, honestly, if there's anything that I took away from this, it's like there's so many great people that it takes to make a really amazing project. Oh, like sure. it, it's 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 unbelievable the number of people that it takes to make these things happen. And to think that it really it really helps you realize that this this is a team game. Yeah, this is such a team game. You can't do anything by yourself. And we were very fortunate. We worked with a lot of great people. We, we lucked out in so many ways. Got people who, who just Went were passionate and, and they, well, talented. And, and the benefit about that, too, is you, you do, if you work with people that know what they're doing and you don't, because honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I still am not sure. Yeah. The, but does anyone really know what they're doing? I mean, uh, After going through that, I think I'd be in a better position. Now, every production is different from what I gather. There's mm-hmm. less we don't know now. Thank you. It's just like you get better at not knowing. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of it that way. That's true. Maybe we're better at faking it. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and that's like with everything, with having a, having a baby or yeah. starting a podcast or, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing and then you sort of just do it. And then the next time it's, you know more of what you don't know. If you could be any character in any movie that's been out, who would it be? Any character in any movie? Yeah. Like, before this, I would have said Philip J. Fry. So, luckily, I've checked you that off my bucket wow. list. You mean to act or actually physically become them no, in no. real life? Uh, no, I want to say act. Let's say act. And uh, could I create this character? No, no, no. This is somebody from property that exists. Mm. Oh, this is, this is fucking easy. Dominic Toretto. Dominic Toretto yeah. from Fast and the Furious? That's my boy. Vin, Vin Diesel? Vinny D. You're telling me you wouldn't be The Rock? Nah. In nah. any movie? No, nah, I, I, it would have it'd be, it'd be Toretto or it would be uh, Riddick. If you were to do, oh, really? I'd be Riddick. So Vin Diesel, but if, like if you had to be a rock character, who would it be? If I had to be a rock character. Yeah. Hmm. If you say Hercules, no, 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 no. Ryan will love you. I didn't. I, The Rock with that hair just didn't didn't do it. For no, me. it was really odd. But he was fucking jacked for that. He was super jacked. If I had to be a Rock character, I would be, I guess, Roadblock GI Joe. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah. cool. I'd, I think I'd be the Rock in anything. If I was going to be the Rock, the character, I would be the Rock. <laughs> Can you smell what the rock's cooking? <laughs> you know. How about you, Andy? Who you would you want, be? You want to be a professional wrestler? Is what? No, you're I want to be the character, the rock. Andy, how about you? In what? Just who would you be? I, <laughs> I don't, do I have to be me? Or is no, no. Like, who like if you, you get from any, any aside from Zoidberg? Who would you be? Oh, geez, I don't know. I guess everyone wanted to be like Han Solo or. or Indiana Jones. Yeah, and at this point yeah. in your life, would you say that's you still? That's kind of the same thing. If you could act as any character, you know, it's it's hard for me to say that because I'm physically and all, I'm so different from <laughs> from Indy. Uh, Indy, yeah. So it's you know, I'm more like Pizza the Hut kind of a character. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. So I don't know. I'm not sure where. 
the you're not even Jabba, the parody of not, Jabba. not even Jabba, the, the parody who eats himself at the end of the movie of Spaceballs. Pizza. The, uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you'd, I guess it'd want to be some something like that, like a heroic kind of thing. That'd be cool. But mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I, I think that's what's fair. But I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, you're saying if I'm going to just act in the role. Yeah, you don't have to look like him. I'm just saying, like, if you could play that character. That would be, a, that would be a fun character to be. Okay. All right. I mean, realistically, I'd go for, like, Adele Griffith from uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. It's the best. It is an amazing movie. Plus, I get to work with Steve Martin. Yeah. There you go. God, the best. The fucking so best. So good. So good. God, he's so good. Sorry. What The Rock is to... To, to Dan Hill, that's what Steve Steve Martin is to me. There you go. Steve Martin's the man. He is. He's the man. So so that's that, man. That's Fanorama. Fanorama. Check them out. Comic-Con. Cinema Relics booth. Hashtag Fanorama on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check it out. You're going to enjoy the show. Now, now, now that we're done talking about this, I want to be able to get some other quick stuff in. You cool okay. with that? Woman walks into a Walmart. Okay. And she starts to walk out, and all of a sudden she starts screaming. She was being followed by the Walmart people. She's like, help, help, call the police, call the police. She had shoved firecrackers up her vagina. Uh-huh. And oh. something caused the firecrackers to light. <laughs> is that what? real? This is, is that real? You guys ready? You guys ready? Please. I'm gonna give you the news source. You Read this. this, and then and then Google the news source, and then it'll be like this the is onion. a fucking joke. This is a this is <laughs> this is a theonion.com. Something she foolishly didn't realize that. Here we go. You ready? Her underpants. A Philadelphia woman has been hospitalized now in police custody after she attempted to steal fireworks from a Walmart in Philadelphia. La, La Tanisha Smith. La Tanisha. Twenty-seven. Uh, of, 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 Phil- the of Philadelphia. Show was seen entering the Philadelphia Walmart with her children at approximately 8 p.m., according to surveillance videos. Witnesses say she roamed the aisles for a few minutes before entering the aisle where the fireworks display was located. Shortly after, the woman entered the restroom near the rear of the store, where she remained for about 30 minutes. Smith then exited the restroom very slowly and met her children. Several of, several of us were watching the woman on the security cam, said James. Several of her children? Said James Worthy of Walmart. She has employee. more leaving than she did coming in. <laughs> we thought she looked a little suspicious and suspected something was shady when she went into the restroom with a box of TNT fireworks. I never would have imagined that she was going to do what she did. I bet she didn't think that her shoplifting attempt would end in such a painful and embarrassing way. I've caught a lot of customers trying to steal in weird ways, but not this way and not with fireworks. It smelled like a fish fry. What? According to authorities, this Smith, is bullshit. Smith exited a fish fry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't even know what a fish fry smells according like. To a a J fry. According to authorities, Smith exited the restroom and made it halfway through the store before shoppers around her said they smelled something burning shortly after a sizzling sound. They saw the woman running with her children towards the exit as her yoga pants caught on fire. The woman fell to the floor and began to scream as the fireworks blasted off from between her legs. That lady was running like she stole something, said Lewis Matthews, a shopper who witnessed the incident. Apparently, she did steal something, but she wasn't very smart about it. I don't know what would make her think that she could that she could shove a tube of fireworks up inside of her, and it would end well. I mean, that had to be the worst thing I'd seen in my life. Red and blue and all kinds of colors were shooting out from between her legs. And I have to mention, it smelled like someone was cooking fish on the grill or something. Get out of here! When the EMS arrived at the scene, they removed a large cylinder-like tube from Smith. According to EMS, the friction from Smith's legs rubbing together caused the fusion that was hanging from inside her to light, which set off the firework. Smith was treated at a local hospital, then released to Philadelphia police. Smith was booked in the county jail pending a $3,000 bond. Smith's children were placed in the She was arrested? Yeah, of course she was arrested. She was still. Okay. Okay. A, there's no way the friction would have ignited that kind of thing. No. I was was thinking maybe it was going to be, because there are some fireworks that have like a pull tab. Yeah. Where where it has like a friction and like you rip. And I thought maybe that's how it happened is that somehow, but there's no way that you, I mean, 
Otherwise, you'd see women just holding cigarettes down there when they can't find Man drowns trying to catch Squirtle on Pokemon Go app. Dude, I was, I'm was. i waiting for kids to get hit by buses and stuff. I am too. Uh, a, girl, a girl already has been. Yeah. girl got hit by a car. Pokemon Go. Fuck Pokemon Go. I was listening to the... I drill. think it's a genius idea. It's Sure, it's genius idea. And yes. I think, you know where it's going to be big? See, stop reading these fake stories. <laughs> it's fake here's, shit. Here's where, here's where Read it's... Read the headline. <laughs> I'm not fucking... It's fake as shit. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> look at the, just read the headline before you look down. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. Here's where, here's where that thing's going to take off big. They're going to set up events, like in a football field and stuff mm. like that. And it's going to be, look at video games. Instead of the kids sitting around, they're running around with their... With, with their, their little Pokemon. Yeah, that's but, where it's going to be big. But here's here's the kicker. Like, yes, all right, Nintendo makes this game uh, in conjunction with Google that uh, gets these fucking nerdy nerdy kids out of the off the couch. Read, read that. Don't do it. Man murders girlfriend for refusing to make eye contact <laughs> with him. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is fake news. That is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> but these kids are are they're like lazy finds a way because these kids are now tying their phones onto fans yeah. so that they run around and then they can collect Pokemon quicker. Wait, what do the fans do? It it, it tricks the phone into thinking that you're moving, <laughs> and apparently you have to be moving for like oh something <laughs> to <you> cook. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it always have to be in some kind of orifice? Because that's where you put things. This is fake news. It's got to be. Cinnamon roll can explode inside man's butt during shop. This is the same story. <laughs> what is this, Mad Libs? They're just plugging in things and explosion in orifice. But I, I, <laughs> Can I read this quote to you? No. See, I, I, thought, I, I, I thought the went, Pokemons were getting put in different places and you had to go to that place. I didn't realize right. you had to actually... You do, but the, there's something like once you catch them, you have to like train They'll them. They'll like something. respawn or something like that? No, you gotta like... You gotta train them or something and in order to train them, you have to like... Oh, walk. I see. I saw uh, like that. Martin Klein, 41 in Las Vegas, was arrested <laughs> after a shoplifting incident turned horribly wrong. Um, let's see. Uh, I had went to the bathroom to wash my hands when I heard a man in one of the stalls moaning. I had no idea what was happening. I washed my hands and went back to my station. In the Did he go room. in with several of his children, too? I know, right? Oh, my God, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> but on, this on is the, so upsetting that it's, of course, beating my White Sox. Oh. I got that cup at McDonald's. I see that. It's ago. pretty cool. The, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, they started talking about Pokemon Go. Okay. And... They brought up shit that I didn't even, I could, I didn't even imagine. Where like that that game is connected with Sir Marshall. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Do you want me to read this? He said. He said. Uh, he said, "Dude, my New Zealand friend wants to be on the podcast. She's a New Zealand pop star, and she loves you guys. She's awesome and really fun slash funny." Ginny check Blackmore. out her webcam. Ginny Blackmore. Let's check out her webcam. That sounds pretty sexy. But they were saying on the Joe Rogan podcast that Nintendo, they've, 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 they've struck a deal, like, because you have to use Google Maps. Okay. To do this. And. He's not lying, dude. And it uses your. We should get this chick on here, man. Ginny. She's with Epic Records. There you go. Nomination for MTV Europe Music Award for Best New Zealand Act. If Marshall's for real... <laughs> so so she beat out the other shit. two? Like, yeah, I know. Her and uh, Flight of the Concords decided to exactly. battle it off, and of course they won. She loves you guys. If she loved us, he'd have told us this a long time she ago. She would have told you. You would have gotten topless pictures by now. Yeah. She really loved you. So what? But! Yes, back to... Google. So... This this thing's using Google, uh-huh. and and you by by downloading the app, you've given Google permission to like use your camera. Yep. So now what kids are doing is scanning the insides of their parents' homes uh-huh. for fucking Google. Yeah. So and now not only are they scanning the insides of the homes, they're scanning their fucking neighborhoods too. So now Google has. 
access to everything you're buying, doing, talking about, like the insides of your homes. And then they're going to map out like the fucking world with Pokemon Go for free. No, 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 no. Because kids. Mapping it out is not what they're doing. They're scanning all your stuff and selling Scan all your shit. Selling all that information. Yeah, like this guy lives in Canyon Country. He buys fucking Wonder Bread. He, he loves this kind of drink. He's got this. He's got yeah. Exactly. And then they sell that shit to Facebook, who sells that shit to Wonder Bread. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't get over how much people are showing up for that shit too. They you can buy stuff when you're on Pokemon Go. I'm not sure why Is you have to do that. Yeah, you probably, can buy. Yeah, it's probably like to get out of you, walking. You can wait five minutes, or yeah, you can pay me ten dollars. Buy these gems, right? Exactly. Fucking gems, man. When did, I will never, when, did it, <laughs> when did we turn into a society that survives off of gems? We I love am, gems. I am like never put, going to play a game that requires in-app purchase. Put gems in a game. Americans are buying yeah, them. Yeah, you. If you played the Fallout game you'd get addicted you have to pay money thanks for listening to the dan and cody podcast remember to like our facebook page subscribe to our youtube page we're now on itunes and you can bookmark our website the dan and cody podcast dot simplecast dot fm subscribe bitch uh, i ain't about to play the tough guy to shit, bro. Right.